afternoon to you. I'm Al Cresta. Edmund Miller was recently reviewing the files of women in crisis pregnancies who have come to him and Alicia Wong, uh, Guadalupe workers, for assistance. And he noticed that almost all of them were struggling with homelessness or needed help with housing. And um, Edmund, by the way, great to have you here. (laughs) Thank you. Co-founder with Alicia Wong of Guadalupe Workers. Thank you. What did you take from that? What did you, when you noticed that the homelessness was a theme, what did you take that to indicate? Well, I just popped into my head. I don't think I even commented on it in the, what I was writing. But I, I think one thing that can be taken from it is the very simple fact that the f- families are, are breaking down. Mm-hmm. Um, well, families have broken down. And because families have broken down, a lot of these, um, a lot of these mothers, a lot of these women are um, – they're basically out of the house by 16, 17, 18 – um, and w- when they are out of the house and they are, you know, looking for, for true love in whatever quarters they find it, then, um, the, again, the family is not there when, um, that true love fails. And so these, these mothers, um, and, and we've met them and we've, we've dealt with them many times. Um, mothers who are living in their cars, um, mothers who are sleeping from couch to couch and, wow. and living in their cars with, you know, the kids in the back seat. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's much more common, I think, most people realize. You know? Yeah. You, you see it regularly. We see it regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your work there at Guadalupe Workers in um, providing all kinds of assistance for women who had started off being abortion-minded but have decided uh, to continue with their pregnancy and bring a child into the world. What would you say is their greatest fear the greatest fear of the the mothers yeah. with whom we work. Yeah. Um, the greatest fear is um, a lot of them talk about the fear of not living up, not being successful according to the standards that are set for them by um, TV commercials, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, Others are, and you know, if we if I pushed on that, I would say, well, they think that's the fear. I think deeper down, after uh, talking to many of these mothers, there's there's a really fundamental fear, simply of solitude, um, fear of being alone, um, and that's again, that's what um, projects them into. Into the arms of of those with the the quick lines, yeah. um, and that that goes nowhere nine times out of ten. Yeah. Um, but back to the first point that a, a lot of them, it, a lot of them think they have to be successful according to the the terms that are given to them by society. So that you know that can lead to 
two directions. Um, the desire to be successful, the conviction that they have to be successful will, will lead them um, often to the doors of the abortion clinic. Right. Okay. Then, on the other hand, the, con- the conviction that they cannot be successful, um, that the best they can do is survive, that as well leads them to the doors of the abortion clinic. So you have this um, this mode of aggressiveness, um, you know, the career track, all that sort of yeah, thing, yeah. which leads to death. And then you have this mode of absolute passivity. Um in the darkened rooms, the the cannabis, the yeah, the children untended out in the living room, um, just on their own all day, while mother is, you know, basically passed out on the bed in the bedroom. Do they fear that they can't be good mothers? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's that's why a lot of them are at the abortion clinic. Yeah, and that's you know one of the things that I tell these mothers right at the door of the abortion clinic. I said this this place is not going to tell you orally. It's not going to tell you literally that you are worthless. But when this place is willing to take your child, it essentially is telling you that you are incompetent. You're not fit to raise this child. Yeah, and. So as I try to drive that home in the whatever twenty thirty seconds that I have before they go in the door, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, for people who have not heard our previous uh, interviews, you've been doing this for how many years? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I started sidewalk counseling in Milwaukee, um, and that was back in when I was a, a lad, and I was um, in the heyday of the. You know the the rescue movement, and then at at the same time, I started sidewalk counseling. So that takes us back to eighty seven, eighty eight, yeah. something like yeah, that. Right. And then with the Guadalupe workers here in the Detroit metro, um, we started this effort um, like twenty one years ago now. And so. and you have I know that you don't spend a lot of time boasting, um, but. I think it's important for people to realize that you have been very effective. I mean, many women have, you've served many women, and you've served many children. Give me some idea of the number. Um, I, I don't know, because I don't keep statistics. I don't believe in keeping statistics, actually. Um though some people would knock me on the head for that. But, um, you know, doing a, just a, a round estimate, it's something up in the area of around 1,000 or so. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, this is, I mean, this is, this is not uh, something uh, novel or, uh, you know, new. Uh, it, it's something which is uh, really, it's the call um on your life, but you also have emphasized to me that you don't want to, you don't want what you're doing here to be considered exceptional. No, it's not exceptional. I mean, I'm not exceptional. Guadalupe workers are not exceptional. Um, I, I don't think that the corporal and spiritual works of mercy were meant to be exceptional. I, I think they're. <laughs> They're part of the program. <laughs> That's right. No, those are the marks of a disciple. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, and it is in itself, uh, the fact that it is regarded as exceptional um, is, is a cause for it's a cause for concern. And I think that's a pastoral issue that should be addressed. Yeah, I we we have heroes for all sorts of things. We have heroes who rescue puppy dogs and um, that sort of thing. And it it just seems the world is becoming so desperate to to find heroes. But um, we don't we don't need heroes. We need um, we need Christians. Yeah. Um, especially Catholic Christians, because in my experience. Um, the the Catholic thinker, the sacramental thinker, has the stay put it nivs 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 something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the stick with itness. That's what I want. Um, that others don't have. You can't do this work based on emotion. Yeah, yeah. Um, now. You know, we are, Alicia, by the way, is not here because she's feeling ill today. So mm-hmm. that's the reason she hasn't joined you today. Um, what something, one of the first times we were on the air together, you said to me that um, you're not so much interested in money. Money always helps, though. But, you, but really, you're interested in imitation. Mm-hmm. You, 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 want, you want to raise up people who will be doing this kind of work. Like you've been doing it, and Alicia's been doing it, right? Um, my my influence is um, to a great extent the the Catholic Worker Movement and the whole idea of the the houses of hospitality. Because um, my father and Dorothy Day were friends, and um, so. I knew her. Um, I was influenced by that philosophy. I was influenced by the dinner table conversations um, between my father and his grad students and, and a couple times with Dorothy Day herself there. And um, this is meant to be a, a quiet work. It's meant to be a steady work. It's meant to be a personal work, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but a work which, again, I everyone – is um i won't even say i'm always nervous with the word called but um it's it's part of the the dress of the of the christian of the sacramental christian um the philosophy of of personhood the the philosophy of hospitality quite quite simply and we've we've lost that um we've become too uh, secluded in our in our suburbs and too secluded in our um, you know the the Catholic population has been overtaken to a great extent by the expectations of what it um, what it means to be a successful American yeah um, and we we have to we have to simplify I think yeah uh, I certainly agree with that and I I do think that that's uh, it, it is uh, this. It's a very there's tremendous social pressure to measure up. 
just as you were mentioning, uh, those uh, young women who uh, say to themselves, I can't possibly be successful according to the terms that society lays out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of our listeners feel the same way, that they're always striving you know, to want to measure up. There's always somebody who they think is... Uh, I say this because it's happened to me. So, I mean, the point is there's always somebody you think you should be measuring up to be rather than understanding who you are uh, before God and what it means when Jesus says, take no thought for the morrow. Um, remember the lilies of the field or the birds mm-hmm. of the air. And that is that is meant to be a way of life uh, for us rather than chasing uh, you know, uh, great, uh, great personal achievement or um, world, worldly security. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. what can people do to help you guys out? Um, they can. They could join us at the the doors of the abortion clinic at. Um, we're at um, Summit on McNichols near Greenfield mm-hmm. um, or any other such place. This is Detroit. This is Detroit. Um, and this is where the encounters with the mothers begin. And this is where um, I think this is where miracles happen. Um, when a mother who is set on that kind of destruction, set on that kind of death, um, will actually turn away yeah. um, and t- turn around and change change her life. So to join us there, um, to come see what we do and um, see how simple it is and see how um, amazingly unqualified we are, <laughs> and which would give them encouragement to maybe – <laughs> try this themselves. Yeah, no, I I think that's great. Nobody ever <laughs> nobody ever feels equipped to do this kind of work, you know. But we are all called to it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I appreciate I appreciate your your comment. Uh, where can people get more information? Well, our website is the best place, um, which is very simple: GuadalupeWorkers.org. Um, Go there and maybe um, you know sign up to receive the the okay. newsletter. And I, my newsletter is funny. I, there's not much news in it. There's <laughs> usually some kind of vague intellectual ramblings. But oh well. <laughs> uh, music's come up on us. Uh, Edmund, thanks. Great talking with you again. Thank we'll, you. We'll do it again soon. Again, Edmund Miller, uh, representing Guadalupe workers here. I'm Al Cresta. <laughs> 